so let's finish the introduction of Galatians today, and hopefully starting the, in the evening service, we will go into the main uh, body of Galatians. Anyways, we are... We have met the 20th anniversary of Zoe Ministry, and I'm very thankful for all the Zoe Ministry churches of Korea that have stayed with me for this for this long. I strongly uh, encourage all the young pastors of Zoe Ministry to follow me wherever I go around the world because you need to go and experience uh, this ministry and see for yourself how God is working uh, upon his remnants in this season. So it's really, it will be really beneficial and good for you guys to follow me around the world. People like Pastor Lee. Because right now, God is revealing His glory through the next generation of leaders. And that's why it is so important. And I'm very happy about the next generation being raised right now. Because this is the fruits that we are finally seeing in this ministry. There are a lot of people uh, overseas that are wanting to come over to Korea to be trained. And we are in the process of getting their visas, uh, getting their visas to come. People from Costa Rica, from Nicaragua, and Panama. And after we meet with them in Israel, hopefully uh, the door will be open for them to come. And this is not simply a matter of just gathering people, but it's a season where remnants are being raised. And within this year, we need to have the plans up for the construction of our new church building to be finalized. Because right now, we don't have a place that can accommodate so many people. We don't even have uh, a, a dormitory to to have the people to have the overseas ministers come and stay in. And even right now, we have a couple overseas ministers here: um, Rebecca and her husband, Nance and and uh, Jonah from Africa. And Peter left this year after being trained for three years, I think. But soon we'll be inviting two more couples from Africa. And God is calling the remnants of around the, all around the world to come and partake in this in this training of remnants. Especially, He's calling the next generation of leaders to be raised. 
So that's why we're focused uh, on the on on uh, the overseas conferences right now. And next year, I'm I'm planning on gathering and inviting all the all the young adults around the world to come and have this conference in Korea. And uh, the the young adults of Latin America, all 400 of them, volunteered. Uh, said that they wanted to come as well and also China and Malaysia and all of all around the world we're going to invite any of everybody that <clears throat> who can come and we're going to do it here and we're going to do it in Hwengsong of Gangwon-do hopefully we can have uh, some beef barbecue as well which is famous in that region so is everybody here Starting tomorrow, I won't give you time to for for a bathroom break. So just go, uh, just go according to your own pace. So open up to the Book of Galatians. So yesterday, during the introduction of Galatians, we talked about the, the issue of calling. Because the foundation of our life is based upon what calling we have received. So you do not. So you shouldn't live by your own thoughts. You, you live depending on who has called you. That is the most important factor in our lives, and that is the foundation, the core of our life as well. And if you if you if you're led astray from your calling, then no matter what you do, no matter how much success you're met with, your, your life gonna your life is gonna end up being empty. So it is important for you to know your identity and it's important for you to realize your calling in God. And you have to realize who God is and also realize who you are in God. And this is something you need to, you, you have to be clear upon. And if you have this confirmation, then nothing else will really become an issue for you. Because God takes responsibility for you. And you have to realize how much of a tremendous being you have been, uh, you are, in the eyes of God. And we we call God a living God, the living God. And the the reason why we describe him this way is because he's not an idol. And what does it mean that he's not an idol? That means because he's a living God, he is in charge. He's able to intervene in every part of our lives. He moves according to our prayers. And so when you realize who he is, and when you when you realize who how you have been created it, created, then you need to allow him to 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 uh, lead your life to perfection, to his scenario. And this is uh, an, an amazing gift that God has given us. Nowadays, I'm awed by the Lord, and I confess to Him, and I'm able to confess to Him, saying, "Lord, I have all this is not done by my strength. All this is done through through Your through through Your will and through Your hope." And I've never said, "Lord, I wanted to be the head of a ministry." I never said I wanted to be the head of a church. And in the beginning, I actually really uh, tried very hard. I tried very hard not to become a pastor. And I tried really hard to reject my calling to to be the leader of remnants because I knew how how big of a task this was. And I knew I couldn't do this by my own strength. So numerous times I wanted to give up even after beginning this this ministry. 
every time I try to give up, the Lord will come next to me and say, I'm going to give you strength. I will be there with you. Never once did I volunteer to do something. And even while being in, my, in this church, I've despaired many times. Because when I looked at, looked at Yerbang Church, I said, Lord, how, how is this a church of remnants? How are they called remnants where they can't even pray before you? And many times I said, Lord, I cannot, I cannot go any longer. Because when a thousand people come to this church, maybe one or two will, will, will stay. And even after staying, they're not changed. They don't grow. They don't get, they don't seem to get better. And it feels like I'm wasting my energy. But because God was with me, and He kept saying to me, my son, I will do it for you. I am in charge. And in the end, he, he fulfilled everything for us. And now finally, we are seeing the fruits that are, are being bared through this time of ministry, through all the time that we've spent in this ministry. And finally, we are seeing how God is leading us. And that is true for our church and true for our ministry. All of, all of you guys will see uh, your churches, your ministry bearing fruit in this season. And even a couple of years ago, we couldn't see who was a remnant and who was not. And maybe you guys had this thought. Oh, Pastor, you only love those, uh, you only love the people of Latin America. But no, I do not just love the, the Latin Americans. The reason why I'm pouring my focus upon them is because I can see that God is raising them to be remnants. And then we're going to visit them once again in, in October. And the reason why we're holding this conference again after so, after so many um, consecutive conferences is because God wants to find His remnants over there. And of course, some of them are not remnants that are mixed in the crowd. But through my perspective, I can finally start to see uh, the remnants of God being revealed before me. And that's why I am inspired. And God is uh, finally making, making a settlement for the time that we have, for the energy and time we have, we have poured in this ministry. It's a time of settlement for us. A time of settlement for my ministry. A settlement for our church. And above all, God is leading all of us and everything that is a part of this ministry to be glorified. And now you realize that you can love those who, 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 you, were, who you, you weren't able to love. And maybe because I'm getting, getting older. You know, when I saw those 900 pastors of Latin America, they all felt like my, 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 my sons. And I was preaching like I'm preaching to my, my children and to my grandchildren. Do you guys look at me like a like a father or do you look at me like a grandfather? Now I'm finally able to to love my uh, my followers because I can see God is leading you to be glorified. So now let's finish up the calling uh, in the introduction of Galatians. And those of you who, who 
still aren't able to confirm of your calling, you have to receive that calling and confirm of it in this conference. Because ultimately, it's, a, it's an issue of salvation, whether you're a pastor or just a lay tr- layman. It doesn't matter. If you do not have confirmation of your calling, then you don't know what, 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 what your destination is. If you have encountered the Lord correctly, then you will have no doubt regarding your calling. It will be very clear. So yesterday we talked about four callings. The calling of the apostle, the calling of the servant, the calling of the church, and the calling of ministry, uh, missionary, the calling of the missionary. And there can be no compromise uh, regarding your calling. You cannot be compromised because of people, because of your relationships. And look at Paul as the example for this. He was never swayed by people. And that's why God entrusted his ministry to Paul at that era. Paul was a little nonchalant uh, in his personality, then Christianity would have never spread this much. It would have been overpowered and be shadowed by Judaism. But, uh, but through, the, through the ministry and through the sacrifice of Paul, he was able to proclaim the gospel and proclaim the kingdom of God around the world. And this cannot be done through men. And he also proclaimed that men cannot sway me, men, men cannot influence me. And Paul is uh, really, really uh, different from me. I like, you know, I, I, I like people. I like talking to people. That is my personality. And that's why so many people of different spiritual states and callings have come to Zoe Ministry because I've, uh, I've allowed all of these people to come where I am. But I should have been a little more uh, strict about, uh, uh, about keeping the right people in this ministry. So it's all my fault. So all the pastors of Zoe Ministry, it is, it is not your fault, it's my fault. You need to become like more like Paul in his attitude towards the truth, attitude towards the gospel. And when you see the glory of the gospel, you will become like him. You will become. You will have this this um, uh, ability to differentiate between right and wrong. So when you're looking at this light right now. You can, it is possible for you to see other lights. But when you look at the sun directly, no other light in this world will, come, will, 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 will seem very bright to you anymore. And that, that is the same uh, for this gospel as well. When you see the light that shines from the glory of the gospel, you won't be able to see any other light in the world. And likewise, you won't follow and listen to the other false gospels around the world as well. My wife is, is uh, the witness for, the, for, for my ministry for the past 34 years. There were many, many, I had many chances to compromise with others, to hold hands with others, to, to receive more, more uh, support and supply from other uh, ministry organizations. But never once did I hold hands with people that God was not pleased with. And, uh, 
a weak little pastor like I was able to restrain myself from from falling from holding hands with the wrong people. But imagine what how great Paul was during his time on this earth when he was ministering. So you need to ask yourselves, have you seen the light of the gospel in or have you seen the light of the truth system in this ministry? And if you have the new to you need to pour everything. Pour everything and throw away everything else and, and, and hold on to the truth of this of this ministry. If you're still unsure about it, and if you're still compromised, then you really need to reevaluate your uh, position in this ministry. Because now is a season where God is raising His remnants. And His second coming is not far off anymore. In the domestic churches of Zoe Ministry as well, you need to all make sure of your calling. If you have seen the, the light of the gospel in this, in this ministry, then do not compromise yourselves. Do not get mixed. Do not allow syncretism to come into you. Because you cannot stay in Zoe Ministry if you're compromised. Just think of it this way. If, you, if you're mixed, then you're saying uh, that Zoe ministry is not based upon the truth. And that means you have to leave this ministry. And it's fine if you leave. I, I will not get disappointed. I will not get uh, upset when you decide to leave. Because it is better for you to leave this ministry than to stay here and continue to be mixed. And I say the same thing to my church as well. If people are saying, oh, I really like the head pastor, but I, I'm willing to listen to the other sermons of other, other, other churches as well, then I will not let them stay. I would advise them, strongly advise them to leave this church because the truth cannot be mixed. And the reason why you're mixed is because you have not seen the glory of the gospel. You have not seen the glory of this, of this ministry and of this church. And if you have seen that glory before, then you need to hold on to that glory and allow nothing else to come into it to compromise its glory. Right now, I'm proclaiming to the, the rest of Zoe ministry. Now is your last chance to, to decide, to make up your mind. If you stay here while being mixed, then that is your loss. Because it is, it is very dangerous for you to stay in this ministry of remnants while still being compromised. And soon, God's standard for us is going to become higher, and you will end up with the same fate as Uzzah. When he touched the Ark of the Covenant, he died immediately because through the wrath of the Lord. And that will happen to you as well. You stay in this ministry while still being compromised. The people that, are, that stay in Zoe ministry after this conference are those who are going to pour their, their strength and all of their focus onto the ministry of remnants. If you come in conflict with the glory of the Lord, then that is very, very dangerous. People who are spiritual understand what I'm saying. People who are holy are able to touch things that are holy, but people who are unholy will be will come in collision with the holiness of the Lord. And when you come in collision with the holiness of God, you will surely die. And that's why God is proclaiming this message upon us right now. 
Do not put your, yourself in danger if you're unwilling to to uh, fully immerse yourself in the in the gospel and in the true system of this ministry. When I went to Panama, I met the 900 uh, pastors over there, and I also told them the same thing. If you cannot see the glory of the gospel that I am proclaiming, then you have to leave. You need to make up your mind right now. If you know that the truth of this ministry is the only truth, that God has restored the truth of the early churches in this ministry, if you believe that, you, then you're allowed to stay. But if you, if you cannot fully agree with this statement, then you have to leave. Because if you, you cannot stay with us, managing this ministry with us, while still having those doubts. You have to be clear of, about this. And through Galatians, and to look back upon the, the, the overall flows and trends that, of, of, of this ministry for the past 24 years. So, uh, the fifth calling is the calling of the gospel. Starting from verse 6, it talks about the calling of the gospel. Like I said before, Galatians has nine elements of the nuclear reactor of the gospel. And these nine elements are working together like gears of a machine. And even though sometimes it may seem scattered, they may seem separate, but no. Paul has written very clearly with the intentions of showing us the mechanism of Galatians with, the, with these nine elements. And you need to uh, activate the, these nine elements within you as you listen to this message. And strictly speaking, as soon as you have received your salvation, these nine elements have already been, been given to you. If you have met Him correctly, that is, if you have received His glory, then in that one, in that, through that time, you have, uh, all, these, all these elements have been restored within you. And it should have been working properly within you ever since your salvation. And that nuclear reactor has, uh, uh, should have already been operating within you. And in the perspective of integration, it is also the same. This nuclear reactor has to be churning within you to give you strength, to give you power in your faith. Let's say you, you, you supply a city with energy for, for 10 years. Then that city will not stay put. Many things will be renewed in that city through that energy. They will be able to build new buildings. They will be able to create new, new, uh, ma uh, manuf uh, manufacture new things, new construct, new, new, new systems through this energy. Likewise, when the kingdom of God is integrated to, within you, let's say I talk about power, then I'm not talking about just power. I'm talking about the kingdom of God, which is uh, spoken through power. When I talk about money, I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about the authority of materials that comes from the, the kingdom of God. This may be a little bit difficult to understand. And to those who have been living with this nuclear reactor for a period of time will understand what I'm saying. And when I, when I say that my ministry has come to, has reached the Sabbath rest, rest, this is what I'm talking about. 
when I uh, manifest power in this ministry, I manifest, I manifest that power through the kingdom of God. And that should have happened to you as soon as you have received your salvation. And when you have received that glory, that glory should have led you to become uh, a powerful servant of, of God as well. And now, as you have lived for many years with the Lord, it has to reach its integration. Because the kingdom of God is, means, signifies God's, God's dominion. And so you need to allow God's dominion to come over you and to rule over you. So in this ministry, I've been teaching you about the kingdom of God. I've been, I've been ministering you, and I've been teaching you to become a disciple of Jesus. And in all that, I've been, what I have been doing is revealing the kingdom of God, revealing God's dominion and sovereignty over this ministry. Sometimes when, when, when the kingdom of God is being, uh, is, is being represented by faith, then faith will be proclaimed. Sometimes when, when uh, deliverance is required, then deliverance will be done to reveal the kingdom of God. This, we are not just simply talking about spiritual gifts. We are talking about the whole kingdom of God moving for us. And that's why Galatians is so important in the perspective of the kingdom of God. When you once again evaluate, reevaluate these nine elements within your within your faith. And if these nine elements are not, are not fully functioning, then there is a, uh, a great issue um, within your, your spiritual mechanism. So while listening to this gospel, you need to check yourselves to see what is not working and, and fix those gears so that the gears will once again turn and the, and, your, and the nuclear reactor of the gospel will once again be fully operational within your, within your spirit. To supply a city with with power, you need a, you need a great reactor in order to do so. So the core of the introduction is two things. Are two things. One is one is the gospel, and the other is is revelation. And then, and the next is righteousness and faith. When you live by grace, you're not living by your own strength, or you cannot live by your own strength. Today, when I talk about grace, I will be going into detail about this. And starting from uh, Galatians chapter 3, we're going to be talking about grace, and then the Holy Spirit, promise, heirs, and then uh, sonship. These nine elements need to be fully uh, operational within your spirit. And when these nine elements start to move, that's when we can, you can say that the nuclear reactor, nuclear reactor of the gospel is turning within you. Amen? Those of you have, who have un, uh, functional, unfunctional nuclear reactors, your reactor needs to be reactivated through this gospel. 
some of, some of you, even though it is working, it is not fully functional yet. So no matter what state you are in, by the end of this conference, you need to have it be fully functional and supplying the right amount of power upon you. So let's look at verse 6. As for the... I am um, astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who, have, who called you to live in the grace of Christ or turning to a different gospel. So starting from verse 6 to verse 10, it talks about the other gospel that the people are turning to. And uh, in verse 6, it talks about the grace of Christ. And of course, grace we will talk about later. But during the introduction, we're going to talk about the gospel and revelation. And the Galatian church was built uh, during the first missionary trip of Paul, missionary journey of Paul. And Galatians was recorded around AD 58. And even after six, just after six years of this church being built, their gospel has been compromised. They have allowed another gospel to come into them. And that's why Paul had to write this letter. And the biggest red flag in the church is when their when their gospel is is compromised. As, as long as the church has the truth, and he said, but to follow the gospel, no other issues will become devastating for it. So if, if blood is circulating within your body properly, then your body is able to maintain its health to a certain degree. Likewise, when the, when the church is able to maintain its truth, the, tr the, the church will stay healthy. But in the 2000 history of Christianity, the churches, many churches have, have become powerless and weakened. But that is actually very, um, very natural because the truth has been polluted. In Isaiah 24, it prophesied that the churches of, of the world will become powerless, more powerless as the years go on. And many churches will no longer have the power to save souls. And that is natural, not because of the great skill of the enemy. It's not because the enemy is, is, is great and able, able to overpower us. It's because the truth has been polluted that the churches can no longer stand on its faith. So you have to realize how dangerous uh, uh, it is for the truth to be compromised and to be polluted. And you have to realize how devastating it is for the church, especially when the truth is polluted. As long as the truth is working within the church, then everything else will be done through that truth, done through that message. As long as the people are receiving the message with faith, then the glory of God will, will, will take care of the rest. I don't care about the truth. I just want. I just care about ministry. Then that, that is uh, all that will be done in vain. If you know the truth, then you will realize how worthless everything else is. 
Because only when the truth is operational can the kingdom of God come into your church. And when the kingdom of God is upon you, you will, do, you will be enabled to do all things through it. Amen? So what God has done through the past 20 years of this ministry is to restore the glory of the, the gospel of the early churches and to take out the chip of the great prostitute. And now we are reaching its completion. To, we, that's why I'm proclaiming uh, the, the glory of the gospel right now. So now let's talk about the gospel. Gospel. In a nutshell, the gospel is the good news. It represents the good news. It's news of victory. These are all good newses. And the gospel is important because it is the gospel of the Lord. It is not simply just good news, but good news that, that came from God. When you, realize, when you know who God is, there's nothing else that is uh, better than knowing that God is happy, that God is rejoicing. That is, the, that is of the utmost importance for us. So the first time the, the word gospel is recorded in the, in the Bible is in the book of Mark. Or the first gospel that is written is the book of Mark. What is the core function of the nuclear reactor? It's plutonium. That is the core element that is uh, that is uh, responsible for the for the function of the nuclear reactor. It's plutonium. And upon the nuclear reactor of the gospel, the most important element in it is also the gospel. And the whole world is, is moved by this gospel. Revelations, grace, righteousness, all comes from the gospel. And so in, in that perspective, you realize how big of a scale this gospel is. And in conclusion, the gospel is saying that the kingdom of God is upon us. And the kingdom of God was upon Israel, of course. But that was not the perfect kingdom yet. The kingdom of God fully came upon this earth, fully came upon us after the, the, the sacrifice of Jesus. So the kingdom of God is upon us, and He Himself is the King of this kingdom. And He has raised us to be His, rem to be his people. He has made us his, uh, his children. He has called us His heirs. And as the people of God, we will enjoy eternity with Him. And the issue of our nobility is also resolved through the act of Jesus. Isn't this a great news? That is the gospel. So, when you have received the gospel, it means the kingdom of God is within you. And the owner, the Lord of that kingdom himself is within you. And he has done everything to resolve the issue of death for us. And he has adopted us into his, his, his family. That is the gospel. Amen? 
Mark 1 verse 1 and I can talk about this for an hour but let's finish this quickly it says the beginning of the good news RK Evangelion that is in Greek the beginning of the good news Arche means beginning. It mean, uh, means beginning. It is the foundation. And the beginning of the gospel is Jesus Christ. It is the cross. He has started this, this gospel. And he is the foundation of the gospel. And he is the... the the, the, he's the content of, go, of the gospel and he's the core of the gospel as well. And so who is Jesus? The gospel is talking about how Jesus became Christ. And who is Jesus? Jesus is the person that has saved and he has liberated his people. And in order to do that, he had to become fully man. Amen? confirmed as the Savior, as Christ on the cross. And when we believe that, when we receive that, we become just like Him. He's the Son of God. And being a Son of God is directly connected with being Christ. And he had to become Christ in order to confirm of, of, of his, his uh, relationship with God. So before he was nailed on the cross, he had to live as a full, uh, as a full man not, and not uh, rely on his divinity. And after he was nailed on the cross, he was enthroned and he was revealed as the Son of God. In Romans 1, 4, it says he was acknowledged as the Son of God. So what is the difference between the Son of God and Christ? Christ himself is king. But the Son of God is... is um, is the representation of the authority of God. So through Jesus, we are able to become kings in the Lord as well. But what is the difference between us and Jesus? Jesus, he himself is king, but we have been made kings through, through him and through God. So Dave, when David was anointed as Samuel, he was the official, he was acknowledged by God as the king of Israel by that point. But it took him 13 years to be acknowledged as the official king of Israel when he was enthroned in his kingdom. So when Jesus came upon this earth, he, him, his being himself, his being itself was uh, the king of this world. But, but before he was nailed upon the cross, he could not be acknowledged as the son of God, as the savior yet. So he had to live as a man and live while uh, fully relying on the Holy Spirit to keep himself from sinning. So likewise, you have to realize this is the core of the gospel. And when you realize and acknowledge that this is the core of the gospel, you can also activate and substantialize that gospel within you. And Mark 1.14 says, uh, 
Mark 1, verse 1, the beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. So God sent His Son to, to the earth for us. And that's why the gospel belongs to God. In Thessalonians as well, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Paul says, Paul describes the gospel as his gospel. When you see the glory of the Lord, his gospel is substantialized within you. So when you receive that gospel, that gospel becomes your gospel as well. Because through that gospel, you have encountered God. And that gospel has transformed you. His glory has come into you. So in, when you're in that state, you can call that your gospel. So you, we all must have this confirmation of the Lord's gospel becoming our gospel. So no matter what church Paul visited, he always, he always proclaimed the gospel of the Lord. And he called it his gospel because he has received the gospel of the Lord as life. And that's why he, get, he risked his life for the gospel as well. And he said to the Galatian church that even if angels were to come to preach another gospel, you, you, need, to, uh, you need to cast them away. Because he knew uh, the Lord's gospel is one and only. And people that I love right now are, are not people that I love out of humane relationships, but people I love because we are our relationship is built upon this gospel. So you as pastors also need to, to see, uh, are you willing to risk your life? Are you willing to give your life for the gospel you're preaching at the moment? Have you, has that gospel become yours? If the, has the kingdom come into you? Has the Lord become your king? Has the Lord given you eternal life? Have you, have you become his bride? Is that nobility present within you? You need to look, you need to see and check if that is true. And if that is true, if you have seen and experienced this glory, then you need to give your everything for this, go for this gospel. In Galatians, uh, Paul wrote that this gospel is the gospel of Jesus. So when Jesus became Christ, this is the same, this is the uh, beginning of the gospel because the gospel is the Lord's command. It's the command of the king. So right now, if the gospel is being proclaimed through my mouth right now, then the command of the Lord is being proclaimed through my mouth. And I, have, I cannot be compromised in this matter. Everything that I'm speaking right now on this stage right now, stage is, is the gospel of the Lord. And thus, it is the command of God. In Jeremiah 1, 
It says that the, the power and authority comes from the gospel of the Lord. And the authority of the king is also bestowed upon us when we receive the gospel. This is the gospel of, of, of Jesus Christ. So everything that is connected with the gospel is connected with the kingdom of God. It talks and it is connected with royal beings of God. So when you have received that gospel, you also have uh, become a royal being in God. And that's why we are so inspired of the by the gospel. In Isaiah 44, let's look at Isaiah 44. People who have received the gospel will relate to this. Verse 8 to 9 So the gospel is talking about the coming of the king and God has come into you as well so if you don't know who God is, you don't, you don't need to care about Him. But He has come into you. So we cannot help but be inspired, be touched by this fact. Just look. In chapter 4, it says, God is, going to, God is going to come as a great being into us. So the King himself has come into us and poured His dominion over us. So, naturally, we have become his people. We are under his rule. And secondly, we have become his children. And we have become his people. So we can receive his love. We are able to maintain this pure relationship with him. In other words, we have become his heirs. He has, he has given us his kingdom. Why do you become tired and exhausted in your faith with the Lord? It's because you try to receive something. You're, you're, you're working towards a reward. But no, if you realize who you are, if you realize that you are heir, that you are, you are uh, promised to inherit the kingdom of the Lord, then you're no longer working towards a salary or working towards a reward or compensation. Look at the, 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 the people of Latin America. They're willing to sell their houses, sell their cars, sell their land to come to these conferences because they realize that the gospel is, the, is of the utmost importance and their material wealth and possessions do not, do not matter anymore. It's because they have seen the kingdom of God. Isaiah 52 it also talks about this inspiration. And this is all talking about uh, the gospel. Verse 7, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news. So this good news is of course the gospel. Who publishes peace, who brings good news of good, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns.
look here, the, the core of the gospel is is uh, is speaking that your God is coming, that your God has come. It's, it is the good news about the coming of the King. We say the voice of your watchman. So the watchmen are are are, are announcing that the king is coming to Jerusalem. They're talking about the good news of Jesus Christ coming through the Golden Gate. And I really uh, hope that all of us, all of us, all of us, will be there to witness that event. See Jesus be enthroned in Jerusalem. And all the holy people of the Lord will also be in that celebration. And of course, before Jesus comes upon this earth, we all have this uh, the, the wedding of the young. We all partake in the wedding of the Lamb up in, up in the skies together with Him. And then we will descend upon this earth together. Anyways, verse 8, they lift it up, they lift up the voice together to they sing, for they shall see eye to eye when Yahweh returns to Zion. So since they, the watchmen can see God coming towards them, they're screaming out of, uh, on the top of their lungs saying, God is coming, God is coming, prepare yourselves. And then finally, we will see our Lord face to face. This is the kingdom of God. And when you have received his gospel, you will be touched and be awed, be inspired by this fact. You will see the coming of our king finally. And then you will finally see him face to face. And you will look at his eyes. And this event is not far off from us anymore. And if you have received this gospel, then this inspiration is already within you. And for the past 33 years, this inspiration has never stopped within my heart. And because of the passion of the gospel, I couldn't help but, 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 but um, manifest this power. If God leads me to South, uh, to, to Central America, I will, I will go to Central America. If God leads me to Africa, then I will go to Africa. If God leads me to China, then I will go and visit China to, to proclaim this gospel upon these lands. And also Korea as well, of course. But this is not only true for me, but also true for you guys. If you have received the gospel, then that gospel is going to move you. Look at Pastor Lee. When I say I am sick, he never believes me. Because whenever I stand upon the stage, I am uh, rejuvenized. But why is that possible? It's because the gospel is working and fully operating within me. And that's why it gives me, it, it gives me strength and gives me health. But after the conference, you, you have to look at how powerless and how weak I become. And I can't even really sleep nowadays because of the pain in my back and my shoulders. But when I stand here, God's passion, the passion of the gospel leads me. Amen? This is the gospel. Amen? Let's move on. Galatians. Is the gospel within you? If, if the gospel is really within you, then you will be inspired. 
And that passion will not you will not let you be not uh, make you stay still. It will lead you to 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 spread this gospel, to spread this glory, because you need to spread the news of the uh, uh, of the coming of the King. Now, chapter one of Galatians, verse seven. Uh, which is really no gospel at all. So there's no other gospel. So this gospel is not just the gospel of Paul, but the but the contemporary apostles. The apostles are people who have truly seen the Lord. They couldn't they couldn't compromise the gospel that they have received. Whenever I talk about the early churches. Say that this gospel is not just given to Paul. In theology, there's the theology of Paul, but I don't like that terminology. And why is that? It's because this is not a unique characteristic of gospel uh, of Paul. But all the early churches shared this this true system, so they shared this one gospel. And I don't want to fight with the other theologians. But Paul, but the, but, but this terminology of Paul's theology uh, is is wrong in my perspective, because it is not specific to Paul. This gospel, this this true system, has been given to all the apostles, and it is within all the early churches. The true system that was present during the the, the, the early churches was was very powerful, even more powerful than the true system that is within this ministry. And back then, not only did they have the the books of the Bible, but they had many other manuscripts, many other documents that were written by the other apostles. And so the true system of the early churches were far greater than the true system right now because they had more sources of, of the witness of the Lord, to, to witness the act of the Lord. So that's why I say this, this, this gospel is not specific to gospel. And of course, gospel, uh, Paul uses some unique and personal uh, terminologies in his gospel. For example, the spirit of sonship. And other phrases and statements are very specific to Paul. But it does not mean that that gospel was was a personal gospel of Paul, because this gospel belonged to all the early churches. So when Paul says you must follow no other gospel, he's not speaking of his personal gospel, but he's speaking of the gospel that was present within all the early churches, the true system that was present in those contemporary churches. This is this is proof that God uh, that Paul was that Paul was proclaiming the right gospel of the Lord, and that's why he said you must follow no other gospel. And he 
also said, because the church needs to follow this one gospel, you need to be, become one in spirit, one in heart. The church needs to be unified upon this one gospel. So the church moves within this one flow of the gospel of the, of the Lord. In Ephesians, I talked about the, the, the spiritual order of the church, and that is uh, the church is moved by the head of the church, who is Jesus Christ. And the church has relationship with Jesus in this regard. So, within the spiritual order, if there's some other gospel within the church, then that, that gospel will be regarded as, as cancer, as cancer. And that is why uh, the power of the church is not dependent upon the number of the, of the church members. But that power comes from unification. And that unification is completed through the gospel. And through this unified power, you're able to rule over and reign over all creation. As long as you maintain this right relationship with Jesus Christ, who is the head of the church. And this is how the kingdom of God works. When the kingdom of God works, the number of people that are working for that kingdom is not that big of a factor. So numbers have nothing to do with, uh, with how the kingdom of God moves. If 10 people are able to manifest the kingdom of the Lord, then God will work through those 10 people. So what you can and cannot do is not dependent upon your numbers. That is the standards of Babylon. It's because you don't know this fact that you, you always seek the wrong things. You're always, praying to, you're always praying to God, Lord, give us more people, give us more money, give us more skilled people so that we can, so that we can work better for you. That's not the case. You have to realize that, that your numbers do not matter in the perspective of the kingdom of God. What is important is, is whether or not the kingdom of God is actually upon your churches. Because when its kingdom come upon this earth, come, is upon this earth, the earth will tremble before it, tremble before its presence. So that's why we need to hold on to and pull upon that kingdom. In Philippians, what does Paul say? Says that he, Paul says that he has citizenship in heaven. He has, he's a citizen of the kingdom of God. Back then, Paul was a citizen of Rome, which was, which was the most powerful uh, nation in the world. But he was, he was willing to put down down and call himself a, call himself a citizen of, of the kingdom of God rather than calling himself a Roman citizen. So what is this other gospel? Evidently, people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. So this other gospel is causing confusion within the church, spiritual confusion. You're mixed with false truth and it's causing you to compromise your truth. And the reason why you're spiritually confused is because of this. It's because you have been affected by this false truth. 
And the reason for that is because you're, you're nitpick, nitpicking uh, the message. You only try to pick out the things that you want to receive and exclude the other things. nowadays many of those people who used to do that are, are fading away in our church a lot of people are getting better they're able to they're, people are starting to receive the gospel as it is and while I'm preaching I can just tell by the look of your eyes uh, whether or not you're receiving the gospel well so that's why a lot of people avoid eye contact with me as I'm preaching so what is this other gospel in Galatians? It is two things. One is exclusionism, uh, which is legalism. This is different from uh, the false prophets of, uh, of the Corinthian church. That is heresy. This legalism is uh, causing the people to try to receive salvation through being lawful, through being, through, through keeping the law. And I think many of you, even though you have received grace, even though you have received salvation, that inspiration does not last for a long time. It becomes cold, and you start to live by your own strength. And later on, we're going to talk about this when we talk about grace. But exclusionism is very prominent around the contemporary ch churches. Why cannot the truth become the truth for these churches? It's because the people have not received enough grace. And what is the core of receiving uh, of this grace? Grace is acknowledging that it comes from God and living by that by the things that God has given to you. And like I said before, yesterday, it's because the ratio of you living with the grace of the Lord and living by your own strength is, is way too off. Let's say 80% of the time you live through your own strength and only 20% of the or 10% you live by the law and 10% you live by, by the grace of the Lord. When, you, when this is the ratio of your lifestyle right now, then you won't realize you won't realize what it means to live by grace. This means the strength of the old self is way too powerful. People who are living by grace most of the time, they understand what it means to live by the things that God, God gives to us. Let's say the law came into you, came into that person, then that person will be uncomfortable. If the worship is filled with the spirit of religion, then that person will be in pain because they cannot sense the presence of God. And they will be in pain and suffering. And this has to be clear within you as well. If you have received this other gospel, then that is um, a big issue. Living by grace means receiving these gifts from God. And these people always focus on their relationship with the Lord. And any problem or issues that may come up, they resolve it in that relationship with God. Let's say you don't have money, then the lack of that money is not an issue to you. 
they would they would uh, analyze that situation not analyze but they would they would uh, interpret that situation with that with their with their relationship with the Lord. Let's say you fought with your spouse. Then you will not focus on the faults of that other person, but rather you would focus on your relationship with God and see why we, why you had to fight with your spouse. And this is the same with your other relationship, your relationship with your spouse, your, your children, and even your church members. And you live by grace. If God gives not, does not give something to you, then they will stop. On the other hand, people who live by the law, even if God does not give them something, they will not stop. They would, they would use their own strength to, to achieve that goal. And they will build their own kingdom. And your own kingdom will lead you to destruction. So yeah, you have to be very clear to discern between what is living by the law and what is living by the, by the grace of the Lord. And constantly realize what, which direction you are facing. And the core of the kingdom of the Lord is realizing that you cannot live by yourself. And starting from chapter 5 verse 6, we're going to talk about syncretism. Syncretism is receiving the world. It's having no limitations, having no restrictions. If the people of the world, uh, if, if the current trend is wearing leg, uh, leggings, leggings, then you'll be wearing leggings. Recently, on my way back from Panama, I was in the airport, and there was, there was and I was getting on the plane, and I was shocked to see uh, a woman just wearing uh, a bra onto the plane. Maybe it was a sports bra or something like that. So now that that's that's how fashion has has uh, has accelerated. Leggings are no longer the problem. And you stand up. Stand up. This style is the style of Shihua, our city. Turn around and let the people see. This is the city of, uh, this is the style of our neighborhood. This is how you should dress. How can you wear leggings? Just, just don't wear pants if you're gonna wear something so tight. Uh, I've received so many attacks while coming back from LA. People are just going around, ladies are going around wearing bras, just wearing bras. Others are dressing up their dogs and their pets. And planes nowadays even have uh, uh, resonated, designated seats for pets. This is syncretism. Syncretism is having no filter. But when holiness is present, the first symptom is separation, is being set apart. It's not something that you actively try to do, but when you have holiness within you, that holiness will lead you to be separated from, from this filth, from the things that are unholy. But 
if there's no separation, then that means you have not fully, you have not fully received this holiness. You need to receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit and receive that holiness as well. So these are the two different things, the two other Gospels. So what does ex exclusionism and syncretism do? They may seem, they have the outer uh, appearance of the gospel. But it's, even though they're clothed with, it, seem like they're, it seems like their outer garments are like the gospel, but within the core, it is completely different. Because they go against, uh, they go against Je Jesus Christ. So if you continue to receive the gospel through syncretism and through exclusionism, then you will receive a Jesus vaccine. And when you have this Jesus vaccine, even when the, 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 the true Jesus, even when Jesus himself comes to you, you will repel against him. And if you continue to allow the other spirits, legalism, the spirit of religion, the spirit of the world coming to you, then you will also be, be injected with the Jesus vaccine. And automatically you will, you will push away the true Jesus. And your spirit will become, will go, will, will, will go in, uh, will be broken because of this vaccine. And if you allow this other gospel to come into you, then your passion will also fade away as well. People like me who have seen that gospel and who are preaching this, this true gospel, even after 30 years or even 300 years, my passion for preaching this gospel will not fade away. It's because this gospel continues to renew me and this passion never fades away. Nowadays, uh, my wife says, I cannot be next to you because it's so hot. It's because my passion for the gospel burns so hot that my, my, my body temperature also uh, gets really gets really high. So if the true gospel comes into you, this is how you will live. But if you continue to receive some other gospel, then your passion for the Lord will fade away. And the glory in your prayers will also fade away. And you will experience no, uh, no further spiritual growth. I've talked about this in Ephesians. When you receive the world, then you will lose your inspiration for the Lord and desire for God. So do not be deceived. Do not say, oh, I have already preached for 30 years. I'm a veteran. And so it's natural for me to, uh, for my growth to stop. No, our God is forever in the present tense. In Philippians, says to throw away everything in the past. Even the God you met a minute ago, you have to throw away in the past because God is coming to us in the present. So your passion for the Lord can never stop. Uh, Moody, during, on his deathbed, he said, I don't want to meet anybody else. I want, I want to meet one person. That is, And 
on his deathbed, he requested somebody that he that he tried to to evangelize to that didn't receive the gospel yet, because he knew that everybody else that has received the gospel he would meet in heaven. But that one person, this is the last time and last chance for him to to see that person and save that soul. Even on his death deathbed, his passion for spreading the gospel of the Lord did not fade away. But now look at yourselves. Did you have you lost your passion for God? Have you lost your desire? Is the glory of God is uh, is the glory of God not present in your prayer life anymore? If that is you, then that means you have been mixed. That means you have received some other gospel. Now let's move on. Verse eight. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we have preached to you, let them be under God's curse. Do not allow any, uh, do not allow, would not allow this gospel to be compromised. So he would put a curse upon the other prophets, the other people who were false, uh, spreading this false truth. Thankfully, because uh, like the uh, because of the, um, because of Paul and the other apostles, we are able to maintain that gospel even after two thousand years of, of the history of Christianity. And this gospel does not only belong to Paul, but also belongs to all the other apostles and the the earlier churches. And the influence of the gospel and the, the glory of the gospel. When you look at the, the Bible, or, or when you get a taste of it, you realize why uh, Paul's attitude towards the gospel was, was so. You need to, we all need to be filled with the passion of the gospel. When you receive this truth, in Mark 5, it says we, we will, we will put, uh, throw away everything and follow the Lord to become his disciple. And also Paul confessed that he's willing to die for this gospel. That is the influence of the gospel then. You don't need anything else in the world because you have received the Lord, because you have seen God. You don't need anything else. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the all-powerful, almighty God is within you, is inside of you. His kingdom is upon you. He has given you eternal life. So what else do you need? So the, the, the difficulties and harshness that come into you in your lives is, comes from you limiting his, his influence upon you. So do not blame your, your situation, do not blame your family, do not blame your spiritual background because nothing, nothing becomes an issue in the perspective of the Lord. If you allow God to fully come and reign over you, then all these issues will fade away naturally. So see the nobility that he has given to you. See how precious you are in the eyes of God. Verse 9. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. So Paul, Paul continues to say that nor even angels were to be cursed if they spread another gospel. And imagine what curses will come upon a, pe a, a man that, that spreads another gospel. 
pastors, you need to be sure of this. You need to, you need to be sure that the gospel you are preaching is the true gospel of God. And you need to be sure that no other person in your churches are spreading the wrong gospel. And you yourselves, every week, you need to examine your hands. People who, who give bread need to, to see, need, need to give bread, um, break bread with clean hands. Like I always say, the, the, the easiest, easiest thing in the world is ministry. It's because ministry is not done by your own strength. And the conclusion of ministry is also in the hands of God. He takes responsi full responsibility. This was not in the video, but there was a there was an older lady that had a stroke. This lady who had a stroke, um, her whole half of her body was basically um, um, numb and immobile. But she was healed during that worship. Healed during that worship. And the rest of the church just uh, uh, was filled with joy and filled with power as soon as they saw this, this uh, old lady being healed. was done through the, the act of God. And so when you minister somebody, when you try to heal, when you minister somebody to be healed, it's not up to you to heal that person. It is up to God. So God takes full responsibility for that person for, and for that ministry. Another person had a shattered leg. And I told that person to stand up immediately when he came, when, when he came out. And what if that person couldn't stand up? What if what if that that that, that leg gets even more injured because of, because I don't or because I told that person to stand up? But was I afraid of that? No, because I knew fully, I knew well that uh, God takes responsibility for this ministry. And so when God inspired me to tell that person to stand up, I just said stand up. I didn't care about the results of that person's uh, of that person's actions. Another person came after receiving surgery, and her and her, and her leg was um, filled with nails and filled with metal metal uh, metal uh, pins. And another person, her Achilles heel was has snapped. But again, as soon as they came out, I told them to jump. I told them to run. But what if they fall? What if they tear their muscles even further? Is that on me? No, it is on God. God takes full responsibility. I am just a channel for Him. But sermon is a different thing. When you preach, when you're preaching, you need to fully receive that gospel and need to live with that gospel for that week and need to pass through um, and need to embody that message throughout the week before you come to preach that message on Sunday.
And of course, after preaching, you, you receive uh, glory and you receive praise from God. But, but simultaneously, that burden is also, the burden of the gospel is also given to you upon your shoulders. So being a preacher is not easy. But God has entrusted you with this gospel. And so you need to, you need to uh, be, you need to purify yourself to receive that gospel. So if, if God is entrusted, if God is, has entrusted you with the gospel, then you need to clean your hands and prepare that message uh, with the right attitude. And when you realize how important the gospel of the Lord is, you you will realize how dangerous it is of you to pollute that, that gospel. Uh, we have finished verse 10. Let's go to verse 11. Now we're going to talk about Revelation. I want, you, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preach is not of human origin. The gospel did not come from human, from men, or come of men, and is not approved by men as well. The gospel has been given to us uh, by God. When you, when you start to receive the essence of the gospel, you have to acknowledge that this came from God not, and did not come from men. It was not given to us to, to please men. It's not given to us to be acknowledged by men. And you, as you continue to receive the essence of the gospel, you'll realize how God is working within you. And our church members realize, know that when I prepare to preach on Sunday, I'm not doing research, I'm not, I'm not analyzing the message. Usually when I prepare for a message, I just uh, I, I, I bow down to pray to God and God gives me the overall outline of the revelation that He wants me to preach. And when I stand up here on the, on the stage, He unravels that revelation through me. So even the main text comes from God. He tells me what to preach, where to preach from. And how to interpret that message is dependent on the work of the Holy Spirit. And that's why when I go to different locations, even though uh, even though I'm preaching from the same text, I don't I don't preach the same way because how I interpret that message is dependent on the anointing that God that the Holy Spirit gives to me for that for that for that service. So uh, the more you the more you receive His holiness, the more you encounter Him, the more you receive His life source. The more you realize what it means to live by faith, this is how oh, this is how God works in me. 
And the more you live that life, the more powerful the, your prayer life was, is also going to become. Let's say you have to do 10 things out of your actions to resolve an issue. But when you start to live with God, then out of the 10, you only maybe do one or two things for your, uh, by yourself. The rest you will start to live, uh, start to unravel in your prayers. Your actions will stop the more you live by grace. And the more you do that, the Lord will also uh, increase uh, the time of encounter with you as well. Because God does not want, want us to waste time um, resolving an issue that He can take care of in an instant. In an instant. God has trained me to do so. That's why whenever a problem arises, I will stop in my tracks and pray to Him. And He takes up, the, He takes care of that problem for me. This is the, 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 the this is the lifestyle of, of grace. You need to see that glory of the gospel working within you. So now let's look at the revelations. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. In 1 John verse, chapter 1, verse 1, it says that the, the message of life is not taught, is not researched, is not received, uh, is not uh, researched, is not taught, is not learned, but comes from the grace of God. So like I said before, grace is a gift of God. But that gift is always, that grace is always connected with the revelation of God. People who live by grace, all the grace, all the gifts that they receive comes from the, this revelation. And what is this, what, what is this unique characteristic of, of the revelation of God? Let's say I have to receive an allowance from, from Songyun. Even before God tells me that that that, that uh, Deacon Songyun is going to give you some, uh, give me some money, God already tells me that He's going to let me see His abundance, and that abundance is being revealed through through uh, the inspiration that God gives to Songyun. So people who live by grace, they're able to receive this inspiration from God. And when they obey the Lord, then God is going to bless them even more with His grace, His, his abundance and His blessings. So right now, look at me. I'm preaching from the same book, from the same text as the, the previous conference. And then naturally, people will think he's a little, he will get bored of, of, of speaking of the same things. But no. I'm not bored because I'm speaking through the revelation that God, that God is giving to me. And that revelation is, is always new, is always different. And this is how, I'm, how God is being revered. So people who live by grace need to realize that they are receiving the revelation as well. And this revelation has to be substantialized within you as well. 
gospel needs to be 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 um, embodied through revelation. So right now, the kingdom of God is coming to you. But never once was the kingdom of God fully um, revealed revealed in the world. But through the uh, through the crucifixion of Jesus. His kingdom has been given into uh, within us, and we can proclaim and be a witness to that kingdom. And the core of the gospel is that uh, is the news of the coming of the king. And there are two characteristics to the kingdom of God. So already the kingdom of God is within you, but not yet it is not yet completed. So right now His kingdom is still coming towards us. So the kingdom of God has been put within you, but but his, his full perfect kingdom is also coming towards us in the present as well. And you need to allow that kingdom to come and reign over you. So this is very important for you to realize. So right now we're talking about revelation. So the kingdom of God has been given to us, we have become beings that can receive revelation. And strictly speaking, the kingdom of God has come upon us because the Holy Spirit is dwelling within us. Because the Holy Spirit came, He brought the kingdom of God within us as well. And the kingdom of God, uh, we, we need to live by, by, by receiving these gifts from God. So listen carefully here, especially the mothers. You need to focus on the message and not focus on your kids right now. Your children must not become your idols. And I know it's difficult to, to uh, balance uh, nurturing your kids and, and, uh, and following the Lord. But raise them well because they are the hope uh, for our church and for our ministry. So please continue to bear more children. And the reason why I sent you, I allowed you to get married early is because I want you to bear many children. Uh, let's continue. Because the Holy Spirit has come into me, God is also within me, and He reigns over me. And being under His reign means we're living by the things He gives us. And He gives, He speaks to us through revelation, revelations. In Ephesians, it says, we have received knowledge and wisdom to even command the angels. So when the kingdom of God is upon you, you're able to see and, and, and interpret His revelations, His secrets. This is, not gain, this is not a skill you gain through training. Why is revelation so important then? Revelation is important because God Himself is not the goal. I've seen many people like this. That they say revelation is a spiritual gift. But no, revelation is not a spiritual gift. It is just the way God reigns over us when we are a part of His kingdom. Yeah. 
the word of the Lord, the scripture itself is called Logos. But when we receive that message and then when the power of the message is manifested through us, that's when, we, that's when it's called Rema. Likewise, when I'm praying, sometimes the Holy Spirit and the presence of God comes upon me very, very powerfully. Then the revelation of the Lord will, will, be, will, will, uh, will be given to me. And when that happens, I will pray for five hours. And for five hours, I'll be proclaiming things, into the, uh, proclaiming things in my prayer. check your prayer life as well are you praying are you always just praying to request things from the Lord Lord give me this and give me that then that means you're not praying with revelation you're not praying while being while being under, uh, being filled with the kingdom of the Lord so look at yourselves right now it's the kingdom of God within you if, it's, if the kingdom of God is really within you then your whole life should be based upon the revelation that, that, that God is giving to you at all times so why is revelation for us personally? It's because oh, the re So why can't you live by revelation? Why can't you receive revelation from God? It's because you are the focus. God is not the focus of, of you. Your motives are, are wrong. You're focused on your personal things. You're focused on your family, your, your own issues. And you do not live by the standards of God either. That's why your revelation has died. In Ephesians, it says God has given us His wisdom and understanding. So, because you don't have wisdom, your understanding dies. Because you don't have revelation, your, understa your, your um, understanding of the Lord also dies. So when there's revelation, when you receive revelation, you also receive wisdom. Many cancer patients were, were healed during the Panama conference. There was a, a woman with breast cancer. God gave me, God gave me his wisdom. He told me, he inspired me to say that, that uh, this, um, this, this tumor will no longer be a cancer tumor, but it will just become a lump. And that was the wisdom that God gave to me for that, for that uh, specific ministry. So when you, have, when you are able to receive revelations, God will give you wisdom to, to interpret each situation. So every time you, you engage in ministry, He will allow you to do something different or, or, his, or his power will manifest in a different way.
And sometimes it is um, Ill and illogical the things that God inspires us to do. For example, a person that is anorexic cannot eat something, cannot eat solid food after after not eating for a couple months. But God inspired me to give give that person bread, even though that may be very dangerous for that person. But because this is a revelation and this is wisdom that God has given to me, I told that person to do so, and he was healed in that in that time. So in all things, our motives, our ultimate goal needs to be God and not anything else. Because if not, if your focus is on yourself, if your goal is is to benefit yourself, then then you will be led astray. Then you will allow some other inspiration to come into you. No, we have to continue to look towards His glory, look towards the Lord, and continue to allow the glory of the Lord to operate within you as well. And this revelation comes from Jesus. So revelation is what made Jesus Christ. And we are, we are human. But the reason why we can speak of the revelation of God is because the Holy Spirit is within us. So we can know of His heart. We can know of His intentions. We can know of His will. This, all this is, is revelation. And, it is, and prophecy is the same thing. This is something that I'm saying for the first time. No matter how much anointing is upon upon uh, the prophecy that God has given to you, if the person that is speaking the prophecy is not ready, then that prophecy will not be fulfilled. So when you speak of prophecies, you need to first cast away any unbelief within you. So God's decisions, God's will, God's intentions, these things can, are, are given to us in the form of revelation and you need to receive that with, with faith. So revelation is required in our relationship with the Lord because it is the channel that we use to receive things, uh, receive these blessings from God. So revelations. When we talk about experience in the Bible, it is the word used is gnosko. Gnosko is, is is our experience of the Lord's love. That no matter what you are going through, God is with you. You are experiencing Him. So you shouldn't interpret your situation through your past experiences. You need to focus on your current, your present relationship with the Lord. What is God saying to you right now? How, how is God working right now? Where is He showing you? What direction is He making you face? Revelation is a channel that God uses when we're facing Him in the present. So he, and God is, God tends to not use uh, the same tactics, the same methods to do something to you, for you.
So when you when you love a person. When you love a person, your love for that person is not going to be maintained for a hundred years, for a thousand years. Because people are not renewed. Renewed like that. But God is different. God is an eternal being. And so His relationship with us is always new. There's something always new about Him that we, we are to experience. And that's why our relationship, will never, our relationship with God never gets boring, never gets tiring. Every day, even though it may be the same situation, God gives us new grace, new anointing, new presence. And every day we are restored in Him. So living with God can never be boring. Amen? If living with God gets boring, then you need to repent deeply. If living with God gets boring, then who else can you live with? And because living with God is inter entertaining and fun, that's why you can live with your spouses, spouse, and that's why you can live with your, your children, live with your ch uh, church members. If you have fun with the Lord, you can have fun with it, with everyone. So why is Revelation dead with you? It's because you have lost your, your, your motivation for the Lord. This is an absolute standard. If you do not lose your, your motivations for the Lord, then Revelation was not, will, not, will not cease within you. If the kingdom of God is present in you, then revelation will never die. It will, re it will be renewed daily. And this is not a matter issue of being sensitive to being spiritually sensitive. This, this has all been, this, uh, this, all these elements has, has already been given to you by the Lord as soon as you were saved. God has promised us to give us uh, this grace, give us this uh, revelation as a present, as a gift. And people who have experienced that before know how precious this is. Even if you are to receive just a, a little, a, a small sum of money, if that is given to you through the revelation of God, then it will come to you greatly. And revelation is also the manifestation of God. No matter what you do, you need to reveal the Lord. You need to let the Lord be manifested through you. Let's say you minister somebody. Then the, 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 the power of the Lord will be revealed in you. you will, the, the, the healing power of the Lord will be revealed in you. So let's say that person was healed through your ministry. Then that person was, will love the Lord even more. And because the Lord himself has been revealed through your ministry. So there are three perspectives that Paul writes about revelations. Revelation. In Galatians 2, uh, it says, I went in response to a revelation. So no matter what Paul did, he did it out of through the revelation of God. When he, when he was preaching the gospel in Asia, constantly followed uh, the, the, the guidance of the Holy Spirit. He would go to Macedonia, he would go to the other minor Asian, Asian countries. Wherever the Holy Spirit went, he went there to, to preach the gospel. And how was that possible? It was possible through revelation. 
through revelation, you would meet the people that you need to meet. You would speak the things that you need to speak. You would, you would uh, ignore the people that you need to ignore. All those who live in the kingdom of God, they receive uh, 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 things of the Lord through revelation. So Paul received revelation to go to Jerusalem. That's why he went up to Jerusalem. And Paul, uh, as the apostle of the Lord, he was the representative of the kingdom of God. He's an, he's an ambassador of the kingdom of God. Likewise, when I go overseas uh, to hold these conferences, I'm not going as an individual. I'm going as a representative, as an ambassador for the kingdom of, kingdom of God. And so my focus is not to go and preach this message to the people uh, of these nations, but I'm going there to preach this message to the land. An ambassador cannot move freely. The ambassador of the Lord needs to move according to the order of the Lord. If he tells me to go, I go. If he tells me to stop, I stop. And all this is made known to me through the revelation of God. And the message of the Lord itself is revelation as well. Like I said before, when I'm preaching, I'm preaching through the revelation that God gives, God gives me. Let's say I'm preaching for two hours. And I'm not preaching logos. Right now, I'm going through the revelation of God. And I'm preaching Rema. And people who are receiving this rem message of Rema will be changed, will be transformed by this message. Some of you are delivered. Some of you are, are, are being healed. Some of you are being restored by this message. In the conference in Panama, on the first day, everybody was dark. But as the message was being proclaimed, people started to lighten up because they're being delivered, they're being healed, they're being restored by the message. And how is that possible? It is because it is possible because God's message is 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 God's revelation. And in the Bible, it says the uh, the message of God is um, his 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 revelation of glory. of God is revealed by his hands. So when preachers preach, they need to be revealing the hand of the Lord. They need to be revealing the secrets, the revelations of the Lord in their sermons. Secrets of the kingdom of God will be revealed in these. Uh, in, it needs to be revealed in your in your sermons. Amen. And only then will you be able to man, uh, utilize and use the power and authority of the Lord. So this is why, and I'm not saying logos is not important. I'm not saying the scripture itself is not important. Yeah. Okay. 
Also, there was an event. There was an event in Nepal where many um, pastors drowned in water because they said, if since uh, since Apostle Peter was able to walk on water, we can also walk on water as well. But they all drowned. And why is that? Why is it different for them and Peter? It's because that revelation did not come upon them. God did not tell them to walk on water like He did for Peter. So when you're eating this word as well, you need to eat this word through revelation. Then you will listen and receive this message as Rema. Thirdly, thirdly, this revelation is is a characteristic. Second Corinthians one says we need to reveal the characteristics of God in us. But why, why are you unable to reveal God's characteristics in you? No, His characteristics are things like truthfulness, gentleness, compassion, mercy. These, these characteristics of the Lord or the fruits of the Spirit need to be revealed in you. But if, if revelation is dead within you, then you won't be able to, 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 to reveal these characteristics. Like I said before, when you receive wisdom and understanding, when you receive revelation, you will understand the Lord's heart. You will understand His intentions. When you receive wisdom and understanding, you understand God's message. But when you receive wisdom and revelation, you understand the Lord Himself. And when you understand the Lord Himself, you understand His characteristics. And you and you start to mimic Him. You become like Him. So only after receiving wisdom and revelation can you become more like God. I guess this is how far we can go this morning. With this pace, I won't be able to finish Galatians this conference. But we need to pray. So let's let's end the sermon here. Is the kingdom of God coming into you? So the gospel has been given to you. So the kingdom of God is here. God is God is here. Meet him face to face. He has made us his people. He has raised us to be his royal beings. We are his children. We are his heirs. Amen. Believe this. Believe this. Lord, would you activate the nuclear reactor of the gospel within us? Restore our inspiration for you. Let those who have lost their passion and inspiration for you be uh, restored within them. And help us to wait and, and, and uh, in anticipation for that day when we can finally see you face to face. Help us to not lose passion for you. Lord, would you come and, and, and be enthroned in this place? Let that gospel operate within us. Let us uh, realize that we have been we have been made your heirs, that we have been adopted into your son, sonship. Amen. Confirm your message within us. We know that your kingdom is a is a gift that you have given to us. It is a kingdom where we have to live by grace, and in order to live by grace, we need to pass through this revelation. 
and we know that you we know that you're coming to us constantly in the present so in all parts of our lives would you help all of your children to live with this revelation tell us when to go tell us when to stop help us to live under your reign Reveal your message through through your revelation, and let all let, let let your power be revealed through this message as well. Help us to see your characteristics through the wisdom and revelation. Make us holy, make us pure, sanctify us, consecrate us. Let us know your characteristics and activate your nuclear reactor. The nuclear reactor of the gospel. Since the God, since the kingdom of God is upon us, your inspiration, your 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 all for the Lord needs to be restored.